What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Come At Me, Bro. This is episode 37. I am one of your hosts, Joey, joined alongside Drew. Why doesn't it feel like fall yet? And Tyler. Because it's climate change, and there's only one New York team, the Buffalo Bills. 2-0, and <laughs> baby. 2-0. and Before we jump into this great banter, guys, if you have not already, check us out on Twitter. You can follow us at CAMB Podcast. In addition to that, we also accept emails. We'd love to read your emails on the show. You can shoot those to us, podcast at otnmedia.org. No further ado, guys. Let's jump right in. We're going to kick things off with NFL. Tyler, week two, a lot of injuries out there. Were there any surprises with matchups that really caught you off guard? Uh, I don't know about matchups, but injuries-wise, you have Ben Roethlisberger, Big Ben, um, who looks like he hands out Kit Kats is done for the season. You have... Uh, <laughs> Drew Brees, who who knows how long he's going to be gone for, but Teddy Bridgewater looked uh, ugly, um, like he had just came out of a coffin like a vampire and was throwing the ball for the first time. Um, and then uh, the final injury, Sam Darnold, who has mono, who's been, I guess, making out with too many people, um, oh. not showing up for a couple weeks. So I don't know about matchups, but I'm very surprised in these quarterback situations. And so if you have a fantasy team um, like I do, I have six of them, uh, then you then you got to make some trades, especially if you have any of these quarterbacks. So um, it kind of helps out people who have these – or it helps out – gives people leverage who who need to get rid of these quarterbacks um, who want to do trades. You can give them a quarterback and get a person in, in chance too. But just to give you an update on my fantasy teams, my three paid leagues, I'm currently 0-2-1, 2-0, and then hmm. on the fence right now with, with the game going on at 1-0. So I could be 1-1, but I think I'm going to stay at 2-0. And then my unpaid leagues is one and one, two and zero, oh, and two and zero. Oh. So it's the early season, just like the Bills. I mean, we'll see what happens, but um, just to give you an update. And I'll I have a tell question you what, you. that's hella adventurous playing six teams at once. It's working out so far. We'll see how long it it takes before um, how much money I win, which is probably none, and uh, how much time I have for my son. <laughs> If you want to imagine my wife's looking at me uh, <laughs> with like a stank eye look, um, you can try that at home. Okay, so we're going to bounce back to fantasy in a bit because we do have an OTN league going on. But before we jump into that, let's talk about some of these quarterback injuries. So looking at all of them, I mean, Cam Newton looks terrible as a Panthers quarterback right now. He does not look good. You have the injuries to Roethlisberger out for the season. Drew Brees estimated to be out six weeks at this point. Like you said, Darno with the Jets. Uh, who else do we have? There's a ton of them out there, I feel like. Uh, Joe Flacco has not looked very good either. Uh, the Bills, however, have looked really good. Dak Prescott with Drew's Cowboys has looked phenomenal so far. Yeah. A lot of these quarterbacks really emerging, and very few have looked like the rocks that they have been. Rodgers has looked pretty good. Uh, Tom Brady, obviously, with that crazy good receiving core has looked really good in that giant offensive line. Uh, but other than that, there hasn't really been a ton of consistency in quarterbacks yet. And Wentz was also holding his ribs, so who knows what that injury looks like either. Yeah, yeah it's... Case... Go ahead, Drew. No, you're good. Case Keenum looks pretty good. But you know who doesn't look good is Kirk Cousins. Gosh, he's awful. The guy he replaced? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and there's no reason for that. He has plenty of weapons and a really good running back he should not look bad in any way he should be putting up numbers similar to Dak not to say that he and Dak are the same quarterback but he's in a good situation he has nothing to complain about 
the other one we didn't touch on as well, Nick Foles for the Jaguars, also out with Minshew stepping in. Oh, that's in. right. I wouldn't sleep on Minshew either. I actually almost picked the Jaguars to upset the Titans or the Texans this weekend. They lost by one point. I think Minshew has a lot of talent. And with that really strong wide receiver core at Jacksonville, with the young guys there, you have Chark there, you have, uh, who was it, D.D. Westbrook is there. Yeah, they, There's they a were, few different they were, talented They were guys. missing Marquise Lee, and I think it was D.D. Westbrook also. Those Two of those receivers were out for that game. I think Westbrook was in. He might have went out injured, though. No, there are two of them then going into the game that were out. Marquise Lee was one of them, and I don't remember who the second one, but it was one of their top three receivers, whoever the other one was. so Or top four, I should say, because... Chalk is working his way into that top two or three discussion. But yeah, two of their guys were out. So he did what he did without two of his best guys. Was it Chris Conley, maybe? No, he played. He had catches. Westbrook had catches too, I think. I thought he did. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I am that guy who played him in a fantasy league. No, I think he was actually on the bench in all my leagues. He was Um, on the bench in my league. But either way, I mean, you look at this crazy amount of quarterbacks. I can't remember a season where we've had this many quarterback injuries this early on. Not just yeah. football injuries, but literally quarterback injuries. Yeah, that was that was nuts. The, just all of it. Seeing, I, I'm with you. I don't think I've ever seen this. And that's what I was talking about with a guy at work today, because I'm in a fantasy league at work, too. So we get to talk about games a lot, which I love. Um, and so to... To have this level of parity after two weeks, like I still have no idea who's really going to be the best teams. Um, AJ Boye was the other receiver, by the way. Sorry, mm, uh, that just okay. occurred to me. But he's a cornerback, though. So yeah, I'm just wrong all around. It was just Marquise Lee that was out. Anyway, uh, I digress. Um, after two weeks, there's only a few teams that I can really believe are real. One of them, of course, is the Patriots, who I'm hoping. Uh, having Antonio Brown on their roster is going to come back and bite them, but it won't because the NFL loves them and they're afraid of um, Robert Kraft. Um, and I'm hesitant to call the Cowboys anything because they have a very, very, very good way of showing me that they're not as good as everyone thinks they are. Um, and then, you know, you you, you expect a, a Saints team or a, a Steelers team to at least be competitive, and now with both those guys out, they suddenly fall into the, they could lose any given matchup on any given week. You know, Mahomes is one of the only guys I feel like I can also count on being good. He's He has shown now that he is able to just play whatever else is happening around him. He can go out there and be a good quarterback. But there's so much parity in the NFL right now, and I think that's great. Yeah, I have no idea how to stop Mahomes. <laughs> I mean, he's Kill good. his receivers, like... He, I mean, flatten them all. If you get open, he will find you. Like, I mean, that that's it. If you are open, he will find you. And he just slings it like it's a it's a backyard game, like no other. Um, Watching him play Oakland, um, and just just seeing him pretty much do whatever he wants to do with the ball is just ridiculous on how good his arm is. Um, And I would say he's better than. Currently, he's better than Brady and and better than Rodgers just because of what he can do with the ball. Brady is a snowflake who melts uh, when it's above 50 degrees. Um, you know, they he – and even young Brady, I feel like, because Mahomes can move. Brady has always had cinder block feet and hasn't gone anywhere um, and can methodically, like – 
you know, maybe pick apart a defense, but he, but Mahomes is just pure skill, and he's only going to get smarter. Yeah, that's um, as the years thing. go on, and so like I, I don't know, like there is no ceiling for him. Like I, I unless you break his leg, and his his throwing arm, he will throw the ball anywhere he wants, which is really scary. He and, and I, st- I still think I still think he's gonna have a sophomore slump. But well, that everybody being has said, a down year. Yes, I. But I yeah. I don't always like to do that game of compare quarterbacks or athletes in general to other older athletes that they didn't play at the same time as. But with with Patrick Mahomes, I see so much Brett Favre in him. Just in that he can move, he can you know he can improvise, and he can just sling the crap out of the ball. But he's already smarter than Brett Favre was, and that's just scary because that's what kept Brett Favre relevant as he got older. Was he still had the arm strength, but he got smarter. So the fact that you know he's already ahead of him, I feel like in that ability to make plays and and to make those smart reads and to to trick defenses. I, I don't know what his limit is. Like you said, maybe there is no limit for him. Maybe it's going to come down to his teammates that are what hold him back at some point. And Mahomes is hella good. He's extremely talented, very athletic. He's got a great mind for the game, a great vision for the field. But don't sleep on Andy Reid either. A lot of these talented quarterbacks that have come up, Andy Reid has had a big purpose in. I mean, we saw it with the Eagles. He turned Foles into a great quarterback for a while. Yeah, not legendary, not Hall of Fame quality, but he made Foles into something that he wasn't by himself. Again, Mahomes has a lot more natural athletic ability than Foles did, but at the same point, I think Andy Reid deserves some credit in the way we're seeing Mahomes be formed as well. I don't think Foles was when Andy was around. Yeah, he was. I think it was Doug Peterson who transformed Foles. Foles was there when Andy Reid was there, wasn't he? Andy Reid's been with Kansas City for like four or five years. I thought Reid was there when Foles first got there. I thought he was too when they first got there. I don't know about that. But I, I feel would... like Andy Reid left as soon as Donovan McNabb left. No, because he no. was still there for Vic and um, some of that nonsense. So I I, I am... thought he was there for that. Am I wrong? I don't know. I need to stack check. I need fact check on that one. Eh, it's the Eagles. I don't care that much. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna check it out here in a second. Um, you will but... when they put when they beat the Cowboys. Oh, hey yo! They got to get now, some I... of their glass players back. Ooh, you don't talk about a bunch of injuries yesterday too. <laughs> yeah, man, Ashon Jeffrey, what the? Oh, fuck, I know man. that's my in my work league. That's what got me, and I know we're gonna come back to fantasy, but that's what got me was he went out without a single catch. So I got a big goose egg for that slot. But yeah, they were oh, without give- him. They were without Djax. They were without one of their tight ends. A couple of the other guys were out for plays going through the protocol, but came back in like Aguilar. Like, you want to talk about going from week one looking like they have you know twenty seven players at every position to like bare bones. That was that was crazy. Uh, and yes, confirmed. Andy Reid and Nick Foles were on the Eagles at the same time. Boom. Long time ago. It was a long time ago. It was back in like 2012. Where Nick Foles was not worth it. Boy, I, I still hate it I think for him he just that cut he, out. he broke his collarbone like that and is out for as long as he is. Because he's one of those guys that I just, I just like him. I like his work effort. I like how he plays. Right. I would just love for him to get to have the that season as a team leader again. Um, right. He's not the greatest quarterback, but he shows that consistency. And like you said, Drew, he's got that drive to really be a leader on the field. We saw it when he took over for Wentz when he was injured. We saw it early on at the Jaguars, even if it was just mostly during preseason. I mean, yes, yeah, but he's he definitely got, hurt, got that leader. He was ability. back out on the sideline helping coach Minshew. Like that's crazy. Most guys would have just been done or at least been sitting on the bench or something, but he was super actively involved. 
Right. I absolutely love that in a player. All right. We got overrated, underrated. Tell me if they're overrated or underrated. All right. Okay. San Francisco 49ers. Say again. The San Francisco 49ers. As a whole, are they underrated or overrated? Um, yes. They're probably underrated. Overrated. Because I, 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 even though they, they won pretty big over a Bengals team, who's 0-2 now. Um, crap, no, st- crap Bengals team. But I still haven't heard anyone talk about them. People are still talking about the Seahawks for that division. Like, I, I'm going to have to go with underrated just because they're not getting attention yet, I don't think. Yeah, I'm going to go underrated on this one as well. I've been sleeping on the 49ers. I expected the Bengals to put up a lot more competition. The 49ers came out and showed that they're a good team. I mean, this is a Seattle team that did or lost to a Seattle team the Bengals did previously, and it was a good matchup. The Bengals had a few touchdowns called back. I think it easily could have gone the Bengals' way. Now the 49ers come in here and stomp them in Cincinnati. I just... I don't know if they're a top-tier team, but I think they're top-mid-tier right now. I think they are a lot better than a lot of people are giving them credit for. Okay, next team. Uh, I think, well, let me explain why. 49ers are overrated because people think Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo is still the fiend, is, is amazing. I think he's still a scrub. Um, and I don't think many think people think he's that good. Team. I think Bengals is a bad team. I think if they win week three, they're going to very quickly switch to overrated, though. I, I am going to give Tyler some points on that. I, I don't think they're there yet, but it won't take much for that hype train to take off at a ludicrous amount of speed that people will not be prepared for. Uh, spoiler alert, I think they are going to win week three. They're up against the Steelers, who look like they can barely get out the front door. Oh, I, I'm not saying they won't win it, but I think that's going to launch the hype into, you know next level stratosphere and that's where mm-hmm. i might then be saying eh, you may want to slow down a little they haven't played many people at this point i think they're, they're gonna, gonna get slowed down in week four when they have their bye week they're probably gonna come off their bye and have a lot tougher time once they get off of it they take on the rounds after that that would be hilarious let uh let old uh man let mason rudolph, rudolph come in and just run them yeah i mean i think grapple's gonna throw two picks one for a pick six, and um, Steelers are going to win the game. All right, next team. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> your boys, the boys, Callis, Dallas Cowboys. Overrated, underrated? <laughs> by Dallas fans, overrated. By everyone else, underrated. Can I just say rated? I, I think the level of hype around them is correct at the moment. People are cautiously optimistic, or at least that's that's my read from people that I've talked to, and Part of that is I'm kind of avoiding the media because I hate reading that, some of those takes. But people are, you know, they're showing that they're able to make plays a lot of different ways and that the defense can do more than enough. But, again, I'm pretty sure they're going to beat the Dolphins. Lord, I hope they beat the Dolphins. Otherwise, I'm going to be, like, hiding my face in a paper bag. Uh, but they're going to be 3-0 and then, and that'll be the first time under Jason Garrett that they've started 3-0. and That's never happened in all the years he's been the coach which I find crazy. Um, but it's, again, it's very similar to the 49ers. As soon as that happens, that hype is going to take off. And we know the media loves to talk about the Cowboys. Whatever anyone else wants to say, they are, still have this attitude of the of America's team, and you either love them or you hate them. So everyone likes to talk about them because it gets you views. And boy, at that point, you better believe they're all going to be talking about how the Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl 
and are going to just run through the NFC East and be the top seed in the NFC, especially with Drew Brees out for six weeks. Um, that, that hype is going to take off. They're going to be vastly overrated. They are a beatable team. I love the Cowboys. I think they have a shot to go to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl this year with the team that they have. Whoa. But they are a very beatable team. Whoa. They are... I... If you if you had to ask me who I thought was more beatable between like the Cowboys or the Packers, I think the Cowboys are more beatable than the Packers, and the oh, Packers haven't looked great. I think the Packers are very beatable. I mean, overall, from my perspective, I think the Cowboys are a great team. To me, the difference is what we're seeing this season is something very different than previous seasons. The defense looks good, but the big key factor is Dak Prescott. He's looked consistent the last couple seasons. This season so far, he's looked unreal. I don't expect that to keep up. I think Dak's real productivity is going to fall off at some point. Once Ezekiel Elliott gets his reins back down, once he starts producing more on the ground, I think the Cowboys shift more to a run game, which is not an issue at all. But I do think Dak's productivity is going to come down, and that's really going to change the way this team looks. I do think they're a playoff team. I don't know if I take them to the Super Bowl, though. Man. So I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I've said the 49ers, the Cowboys. My last team is going to be Baltimore, um, overrated, underrated. But I want you guys to also be aware of who these teams have played. Right. That brings me to an underrated team. Uh, the I mean, the, all of them have been underrated for the most part. That's what you've been getting back at, because, partly because they're 2-0, but you have to look at who they've played. The Cowboys have played... Right, but- the good, Washington Racial Slayers, which are terrible. They've played the so Giants. So I, I would take the Redskins as underrated, actually. I'm going to play that <laughs> card. Uh, I am not a Redskins fan in any right. I usually watch the opposing team, rooting for the opposing team of the Redskins, hoping they beat them. But when you look at it, the Redskins are not bad, at least defensively. Their offense isn't the greatest, but you look at their defense, their defense has stood up with the Eagles, who are not a bad team in any right when their players are healthy. The Cowboys, who have a very strong offense as well when players are healthy. The Redskins have a solid defense. I honestly think they're a top 10 they're defense. They're definitely underachieving. Right, and, and I think they're underrated in general. I think people up. write the Redskins off, and in most sense, they're not going to make playoffs. They're not going to be the greatest so team out there. But this is a Josh defensive Norman team is that is not that bad. Josh Norman opinion. is trash. Josh yeah. Norman is not a great player, but as a unit, I think the Redskins' defense is underrated. All you have is Kerrigan and Josh and John Allen, who's, who's John Allen's injured now, but... The only team that the only person that's carrying that team is is Ryan Kerrigan. There's no one else on that team. Everyone else is either injured or they're terrible. How, how I wanna I wanna go back to the Ravens though. So living in okay. uh, living in Baltimore, I I really learned to like the Ravens. Um, I kind of always had a thing for them anyway, just because I liked the purple and black. I thought that was a pretty sweet looking color scheme when I was younger. But you know, being there, I learned to really like them, especially Justin Tucker, the opera singing kicker. Uh, talk about very marketable but um i think they're overrated i i have no no problem saying that they are definitely overrated uh, people are going to figure out lamar jackson again he, they've beaten teams that you know the first one they beat was miami um who the patriots didn't beat quite as badly uh until near the end of the game but you know they 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 crushed miami sure but miami's going to lose to everyone because they're tanking we'll get to that later um, but then they barely beat the Cardinals, who uh, had Kyler Murray throw the ball 40 times, um, and they could only put up 23 points on them. 
Uh, when you have an offense that's clearly gassed, they should have been able to run that defense down and score more points. So I think we already saw some of the limitations of the Baltimore team against the Cardinals team, who's aren't not as bad as their 0-1-1 record indicates, but aren't aren't in the top half of the league this year. Uh, the, the, the Ravens probably going to win that division, but overrated. 100% overrated for me as well. Like you said, Miami, the Cardinals, these are two wins. Congratulations, Ravens fans. But they're not the biggest wins you need. They're not against great-level teams. Like I said, I think the Redskins are a lot more formidable on defense, and I think that's why I give Dallas more credit. The Cardinals in Miami, I mean, it's almost like a bye week and half a bye week for me. I think the Ravens need to be tested a little bit more. Uh, Speaking of Miami, by the way, (laughs) just a fun little fact. So you know survival pools where you pick a new team each week and see how far you can go? Mm I am playing a survival pool this year where I'm going to pick whoever is playing Miami each week and see if I can go undefeated. I think it should be fun. <laughs> Any other underrated, overrated teams you got out there, Ty? Uh, you cut out. Uh, you said you're playing in a survival pool. Yeah, that's yeah. All so I I'm heard playing. Too. Oh, okay. I'm playing in a survival pool this year where I'm going to take the team who is playing up against Miami every week except their bye week this year to see how we do. Uh, you're they gonna might lose. lose their bye week. <laughs> They're gonna win one game. They're gonna win at least two games. I don't know. I figure, why not? Why not? Let's just try it. I throw a little money on the line and see what happens. I think Miami is some similar to what the Bills had last year, which was a, a scene of unfortunate events where Miami just came out. Ter- I mean, no one can predict against Lamar Jackson. Like they, they just pooped on all over him. And then you play, you know, New England Patriots, who are a bunch of cheaters. So you play against cheaters and a guy who no one has really seen before for the first time who's starting quarterback. That is an unfortunate situation. But I think from here on out, I think Miami will win a game in the next – before their bye week. They'll win a game. Now, maybe against the Buffalo Bills, but they're going to win before the bye week. Their bye week. When is their bye? I don't know. But real quick, back to the Ravens. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, mean, I want to hear your thoughts. The next game that – I mean, this is going to be the, the biggest test, which I don't think it's really a test for the defense or for the for the offense for Ravens because they're playing against the Kansas City Chiefs, which you try to throw go toe-to-toe with um, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Good luck with that. Um, but Casey's defense is not very good. So we'll see if, if they can stop Lamar Jackson and how dynamic the bootleg and – um, the run action, the run play action is with um, the run option that is pass, run, play, whatever option um, that Lamar can do. I think Kansas City is going to have a difficult time stopping that because Kansas City's defense has been known to just, you know, try to go toe to toe and say, "Oh, we'll put our faith in Mahomes." So that being said, I, I it's going to be really interesting to see how the Ravens, they're at Kansas City, um, are going to go with, are going to go toe to toe with them. So. Um, it's going to be really interesting. I, I think they're right now they're overrated. They're going to get um, humbly, uh, not destroyed, but it's going to be a humble loss for them. Being like, all right, we know where we need to go, because they're going to look at Kansas City and say, dang, that's a good team. I like that take. So, um, I don't know when. I got to find out when Miami's buy is. Because that's itching me right now. So, Joey, you're really picking yeah, all everyone who, who's playing Miami? 
So they play Buffalo week seven. And that's before their bye. Oh no, actually sorry, no, no. They they have their their bye is week five. So oh, okay. they play Dallas and the Chargers. And then they play Washington, which could very easily lose to Miami, and then they could you know then then Buffalo plays them. So So okay, maybe not before the bye, but definitely before week eight, they have a chance of, of winning. Yeah, I I have to agree. You know, they're made up of a lot of guys who may not be starters on other teams, but they have a good coach, and a lot of those guys got together right at the end of the offseason, or at the end of the preseason. So it's not like this is the group that was practicing together all preseason. They came together just in time for it to start. Like, they already looked better for, you know, two-thirds of the game against the Patriots than they did for any percentage of the game against the Ravens. Um, if they can, you know, slowly increase that that effort and that ability to execute and some of that team building, they'll definitely become a team that can win a couple games, surprise a few people. They're still not going to, by any means, do well this year, but they're not going to go over, and they're not going to win just once. Now, the question becomes, and I don't want to spend too much on Miami because it's just depressing. Um, it is. Are, <laughs> you, are you starting Rosen or are you starting Fitzmagic? I don't know. I, I haven't seen Rosen. The fact that he's st- it's still not even seeming to be a question yet of if Rosen is starting or not tells me that the media down there has seen him and has said he's still not ready, which, boy, yes. if you got traded to a team to be their starter and they're still not starting you over Fitzmagic uh, in a lost season, that does not speak well of your potential at all. Yeah. All right, uh, quick question. Does Baker Mayfield look like the guy on Big Brother who looks like a nice guy but then backstabs everyone at the end? Yep. Okay. Just <laughs> making sure. I like Bake, but yep. It's the beard. Yeah, it's scary. He's he's a little trickster. Um, speaking of Baker Mayfield, anybody have him on, his fan- on the fantasy team? Um, I may have picked him up as a backup in one of my leagues. I know he's not any- a starter in any of them. Joey, would you pick him up? Would I? I would. I do not have him though. No. Okay. Hey, you know, you want to know what? Uh, I have a, I have a fantasy team that's a two quarterback team. You want to guess who my two quarterbacks were? <laughs> Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger. How did you know? That's a good one. <laughs> I was in great shape. I thought. Pick up Josh Allen. <laughs> oh, I'm going for him. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, not great at all. I do have Murray as a backup, though, so he's definitely coming in as well. So if I can get him and Josh Allen, I'm going to get all the rushing quarterback points. Oh, hey Uh With that, let's hop over to our OTN Fantasy League, hit that quickly, and then some college football before we wrap it up. Uh, week one, uh, so me and Tyler are both in the American division. Drew is in the national division in this one. I won my first week one matchup while Tyler took down Drew's ridiculous stats 138 to 134 in week one. How was the matchup between you boys? A little spicy? I really liked that matchup. I was honestly excited, and I knew that I might lose. So um, I, that was that was a great way to start the year. I really have no skin in the game in this because I'm looking at my other three leagues I have money in. So <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. I'm, I hope for the best of this league. 
and just <laughs> gonna let the cards where they may go, that's where they'll go. Where the wind takes them. I like it. I like that's it. That's where they'll fly. Yeah, we can't have money in this one. We do have a few miners playing in this, so it becomes a little more difficult to throw money in the open OTN league, but maybe we'll do two different ones in the future. That'd be good. Week two, I took on our good friend Daniel Tilson. I took a win in that one. It looks like there's a, still a few players playing right now, but it does look like I will get a clean win in that. Drew, it looks like you are going to go 0-2 with a loss to Jimmy Clifton. And then, Tyler, you are currently ahead, and it looks like both of your players are done. Tyler takes a win, the Buffalo Bullwinkles over Bad Money Ball. Yeah, Jimmy, he's got he had the New England defense, which more than tripled my defense of the Rams, who only who only gave up nine points. So that tells you everything you need to know about how New England did. And then our tight end matchup was a big difference. He had Mark Andrews, who had a touchdown and over 100 yards for the Ravens. Where, again, I had Kittle, who had 54 yards, which is not bad for a tight end. But it's hard to beat two stellar, you know, once-in-a-year performances like that. Right. Yeah, that is a big ouch. So that will leave us. If everything stands as it is now, I will be 2-0. and Drew will be 0-2. And, and Tyler will be 2-0 and heading into next week. So we'll keep up with this. We'll give you guys a little full standings. I know some of you guys are listeners as well. So we'll hopefully break some things down as we go. But it is an exciting start to the season. A little rougher for some of us than others. But <laughs> it's only week two. And a lot of fantasy football happens on the waiver wire anyway. So everyone is very much still in this one. Drew, college football. So we have a lot of spicy matchups on the table. What are some that listeners should look forward to for this upcoming week? All right. For this upcoming week, if you are a fan of top 25 matchups, you are in luck for a couple really, really good ones. So first off, the SEC has already a ranked matchup. It's the SEC West because the East is terrible outside of Georgia. Um, you have number eight Auburn going to number 17 Texas A&M. Uh, Texas A&M... Didn't look all that great against Clemson. They they started off okay against them, though. Uh, last year, they definitely looked a lot better. Uh, Auburn squeaked out a last-second win in Week 1 against Oregon, uh, and then since then have just played nobodies and beaten them as they should have. So I, um, I definitely think this will be a really good matchup. Auburn on the road with a freshman quarterback. It's going to be interesting to see how he handles that. Um, the rest of the team is solid, but a freshman in an environment like Texas A&M it could be very easy for him to get rattled, and I think that's the the key there. Uh, Texas A and M, you know, Kellen Mond is a well established quarterback, so he's not going to let the pressure get to him. Um, uh, it's it's definitely going to be the the part of that matchup to watch is how the freshman for Auburn handles it. Uh, have you guys got to watch him play at all? Do you care to watch him play at all? I'd love to watch him play. I have not had a chance to yet, though. Hopefully, this weekend will change that. I saw him briefly with Oregon, and. Um He's a good decision maker. He kn- he knows where to put the ball. It just we'll see if he can continue that. Uh, yeah. Continue the, the continue the progress. See if he shows up against a good Texas A&M team. Uh, and then, as I mentioned, the uh, pretty terrible SEC East, Georgia, the one bright spot there. Um, they are going to play Notre Dame in Georgia, and I Finally. highlight this not only do it. Finally, Notre Dame plays a team. That's exactly what I was going to say. I highlight this not only because it's a top 10 matchup. Notre Dame is number seven and Georgia is number three. But Notre Dame is actually going to have to beat a good team to stay undefeated and stay ranked instead of somehow sneaking their way into the college football playoff only to get stomped. Um, I'm, of course, talking about last year. Uh, And it's just 
again, irks me that a team can be independent and ride their reputation of years long, long past of being any good at football uh, to a playoff berth every year, whereas UCF, who just continues to beat good team after good team, gets held out of the college football playoff. Uh, I'm not at all bitter, if you couldn't tell. But anyway, <laughs> Notre Dame could actually be good. We just really don't know because of who they played. If they can go into Athens and beat Georgia, uh, I think all doubts are kind of eliminated because Georgia is good. They have a very good quarterback. They have a defense that plays stronger than you would expect uh, a team in the SEC East to play. And they've been good the last few years. This isn't a shock. This isn't like uh, analysts looking and guessing that they're good. They've seen it. They've seen Georgia be good the last few years. So if Notre Dame can come in and beat Georgia, they're going to prove that they actually do belong in the conversation of the top four teams in college football. Uh, and then Georgia's going to have a hard time really proving that they belong back up there uh, because they, they're going to have a pretty weak schedule moving forward. Because talking about the East, I have a matchup I want to highlight uh, because I think it could actually be interesting. It's Tennessee and Florida. Tennessee finally <laughs> won a game. Um, they beat Chattanooga 45 to nothing. They were up 42 to nothing at halftime and then played exclusively freshman after the half uh, and still pitched a shutout. Um, they should have done that against Georgia Southern. They lost to BYU uh, in overtime, double overtime. Um, and that looks a little better because BYU went to USC and beat a ranked USC team. So clearly better than people thought. Not to say that USC wasn't a little overrated because they were. Um, but wasn't just a fluke that they lost to a BYU team. Uh, but it was in Knoxville, so that makes it worse. But they're going down to Florida, who looked really, really weak against Miami. And looked really weak this last week against Kentucky. And lost their starting quarterback. Uh, but unfortunately for Tennessee, the replacement looked better than the starter. Um, and I don't think that was just because, you know, the defense's unfamiliarity with him. I think he's just a smarter, better passer. Uh, he may not be quite the threat to run it, but if you can throw the ball everywhere, you don't have to run. So this could be, though, a game that if Tennessee can ride that momentum and decide this is our chance, you know, they smell blood in the water and can make a statement... Uh, this will be a very, very big game, and Florida's kind of going to be trying to hold on and and hold on to their 3-0 and and their nine, ninth ranking. Um, always a, a classic matchup between these two teams, so partially because I'm a fan and partially because I just think this will be a good game to watch if you're not too worried about uh, just how the teams rank, but just knowing that they're going to play hard against each other. I like it. I like it. Well, there you have it, guys. Uh, we'll hopefully hit a lot more college football next week. I know Tyler and I both want to do some watching. Drew's been doing a very good job of keeping up with it. Tyler and I definitely have room for improvement. Uh, but like you said, Drew, that Georgia game, Georgia-Notre Dame, does me, Notre uh, Dame deserve that spot year after year? I'm excited to figure that out. Let me interrupt you with one more game that I completely forgot about but is also going to be very fun to watch. It's at the same time as Tennessee and Florida, but depending on your taste, you might like this game better. Number 11, Michigan at number 13, Wisconsin. Uh, Big Ten matchup. If you're a Big Ten football fan, you can't miss this. This could be the game that gets Harbaugh fired if Wisconsin is able to beat Michigan uh, <laughs> because he's got to be on the hot seat, uh, making them look worse and worse every year somehow on offense. Go Badges. Harbaugh. Get, get the khakis out of Ann Arbor. All right, that's it. <laughs> 
We'll have to wait and see, guys. We will hit more of that again next week. And we have a lot of other things I want to talk about in weeks to come. Betting during baseball games is now a thing coming up. We have Champions League soccer kicking off as well with a great group draw re- recently about a couple weeks ago. And then the MLB wildcard race is also heating up. A ton of things happening in sports. Football is back. And, boys, I'm ready to do some great sports podcasting. Phew. For more stuff, check us out again on Twitter, CAMB Podcast. You can also email us questions, comments, anything like that. We'd love to read it on the show. If you have fantasy advice for Tyler and his six leagues, hit us up, CAMB Podcast at otnmedia.org. Last but not least, if you'd like to support what we do here at OTN and this show in particular, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash OTN. Thanks again for listening, guys, and we will catch you next week. Does Jimmy Garoppolo look like someone you'd see on the next Bachelor in Paradise? This podcast is part of the Overtime Network. Get more at OvertimeNetwork.com.